All right, roll for initiative. The only way to win is to have fun with my friends. I'm on the road again. Tabletop, lock, motion, everything in between. The only way I win is to have fun with my friends. I'm on the road again. Tabletop, lock, motion, everything in between. Welcome to the Honor Roll Podcast, the podcast that helps you level up your role-playing game. Tabletop, LARP, mush, and everything in between. We're not better gamers than you. We just have different experiences to share. And maybe we can help you uh, have more fun at your role-playing game. Because the only way to win a role-playing game is (laughs) to to have have fun. fun. I'm Ryan, I'm the curmudgeon, and joining me as always is Carrie the legend. Hello. And Jason the favorite. Woo! Hey, I remember we were talking off the air about (laughs) what it was that the people at work were making fun of me about. It's because they kept coming up to me and saying things like, the only way to win, I'm being like, I don't know. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Not to play? I don't know. What are we talking about here? Like, you know, the only way to win? The only way to win? Oh, huh? huh? Goodness. Amen. The podcast you're on? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh... They're like, you know, to have fun? I'm like, that doesn't sound familiar. <sighs> good times. Good, good times. times. Good times. Well, for those of you listening, uh, you should know that the way we keep this podcast going is we have a Patreon. We are at patreon.com slash honor roll podcast. And <laughs> if you become a backer, you can uh, get free stuff. Like we'll send you books and prints and art prints and postcards. And we'll even give you a shout out on the air if you back at the wizard level or higher. That's my favorite level. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So let's uh, let's do our shout outs. All right, you're a wizard, Josh Heath, with the wizard <laughs> podcast. Oh goodness! <laughs> Sorry. Uh, keep going, please. <laughs> do we? Must uh, we? Must, <laughs> must we? You're a wizard, Joel Eastland. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Ah. <laughs> uh. I'm not doing it. Liam Halabi is also a wizard. <laughs> that was a letdown in all. <laughs> Sorry, ways. I don't. You're a wizard, Ryan Martin. <laughs> I don't know why this is so funny. You're a wizard, Drew Stevens. <laughs> You're a wizard, Ryan Galliato of Byway Larps. <laughs> This is the worst episode ever. Oh my god! Well, maybe if you were helping. My favorite. He's my favorite (laughs) wizard. And what about Wizard Noah Coltrip? I'm glad you asked. This week, Noah Coltrip is traveling to Afton, Virginia, to visit the Crozette Tunnel. This is a railroad tunnel that, upon its completion was considered one of the engineering marvels of the modern world. In the mid-19th century, the Virginia Central Railway wanted to connect the Shenandoah Valley. To do that, they needed to build a rail line across the Blue Ridge Mountains. And to do that, they had to employ the services of civil engineer Claudius Crozet. Born in France, Crozet's last name was actually said Crozet. He had been an engineer in Napoleon's army before immigrating to the United States after the Battle of Waterloo, 
where he became chief engineer for the Virginia Board of Public Works. In 1849, he was hired to build this tunnel, and it was really cool. I'm really kind of disappointed in Noah. <laughs> that was kind of boring. Look. And now I want those, what are those cookies, the rosés, or the... Yes, the, you mean rosettes? Rosette, is it rosettes, rosés, whatever. <laughs> I hate you, word. I hate you, I hate what? you. No, I want more the powdered sugar on them, and they're really good. Mm. I want them. Okay. 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 You're a wizard, Well, there you go. If you'd like a shout out, we'd love to give you one, and you can do it. If you'd like to be a wizard, you can go to patreoncom podcast and become a patron of the show, and we will shout you out. Or else. Or else. Well, when last we left our intrepid adventurers, we were on this Zoom call recording a podcast in the middle of a pandemic. And here we are again. What? Maybe yeah. it's at the end, and we just don't know it yet. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. I don't know. So, uh, Carrie, what you been up to? It's been two weeks. Uh, we didn't have a show last week. We didn't. Yeah, because, you know, Jason's a wuss and was like, my surgery hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are we turning? We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I've, I've spent the past week uh, fighting with Dakota's computer. To right. make it all be ready for school. I think we've got it all ironed out. I hope anyway, because I panic. Like when things are like, do this complicated computer thing that everyone else seems to know but you. And then I'm like, I'm just going to cry. And that doesn't... Don't worry. A lot of people don't know it. I oh. wouldn't know how to do it. Oh, it's terrible. And um, besides that, I've been doing a lot of art. I've been, I'm still working on a bunch of vampire portraits. That's nice. what I was going to say. You've got that vampire, uh, what do you call it? The masquerade? No. No. <laughs> like, like when you go to a gallery and it's all the same theme? Yeah. The, well, so the, the theme, so the theme for the show is metamorphous. And okay. I thought, oh, God, everyone is going to do butterflies. Yeah. As well they should. Yeah, except for not me. I don't want to do butterflies. We're going to do horses. So, um, and so I decided I wanted to do the metamorphosis of vampires in like media and in literature and, and, you know, so I've got um, Nosferatu. I've actually got Varney the vampire on my list of vampires to do because he's ridiculous and really was the first Dark Shadows. Right. Like his whole thing is just a huge soap opera. It's so bizarre. And I've done a bunch of them. You did Kermit the Frog with, I, with Vincent Price. Yeah, yeah, that one sold already. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So that's, really? It, that was, and, then, and then I was, like, all upset because I wanted to have a Muppet in the show. And, like, it was, like, five days of me going, oh, man, I just, I really wanted a Muppet in the show because I think that's really fun. And then someone was like, why aren't you doing the count? And I was like, I'm an idiot, that's why. <laughs> so do, I'm also do, do Muppets in the yeah, show. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, so... Uh, so, so, so I'm painting the Muppet. Good times. Whose name is like Count Von Count. Right. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't know that either. So I was like, oh, good times. Yeah. <laughs> so Jason. Uh, what have I had you been a busy up to? Too. Yeah. So it all begins in the distant past. Of probably around 2000. I started having pain in my side. And like most 20 year olds without insurance, I would just hit my side until it stopped hurting. 
which was surprisingly effective. And apparently one of the symptoms of uh, you have a gallbladder that's messed up. Now, hold on. Was it messed up or did it become messed up because you kept punching it? No, it became messed up probably because I ate terribly in my youth. I, I don't know if that's related, actually. I don't know why they get messed up. I do know that just about every adult on uh, in, in my like lineage had their gallbladder removed, <laughs> usually in some form of emergency surgery. Um, my grandmother's was so large that when how large they, was it? <laughs> it was it was so large the hospital insisted she take it home because it had broken some sort of record. Oh my God! <laughs> Stop it. So anyway. Uh, for the last 20 years, I've occasionally had, you know, excruciating pain in my side that I dealt with like an adult by, by hitting myself until it stopped hurting, which was surprisingly effective. Until the last year, I've just felt sick all the time. And I didn't realize it until I stopped feeling sick all the time. Uh, and I'm just now getting to the point where I can, like, eat regular food that adult people eat, like, Sandwiches with fat in them. Anyway, so, so uh, what what makes this really thing, other than having my gallbladder removed, is uh, my wife also had kidney stones, and we thought, no big deal. Kidney stones are nothing, right? You go in, they take care of it, you come out, you're better in a couple of days. Yeah, like, don't they just, like, laser them now? Yeah, and that's, uh, that's what, we'll, we'll get to that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Wednesday. Uh, my wife goes in for the surgery. We've already scheduled my surgery for Friday. Again, we're thinking gallbladder recovery. We've both seen it before. It's not that bad. It's just, you know, take care of yourself. Kidney stone recovery, same thing. No big deal. It's not going to be a big deal that we're both sick in the same week. We've got, you know, my dad's here. My my son's 14 now, so he can do a lot of stuff. He can't wash no dishes. He's not allowed to touch dirty dishes, though. No, he's that. He had to get over that. That part is mine. Good, good for him. <laughs> uh, so he he wears you know those long gloves that you used to see women in uh, magazines wear. Yeah. Oh, the Frank yeah, inverter gloves. gloves. He wears those. So he's still got he's still got a hang up, but but he's, he's playing through. Yeah, he's playing through. And so hey, anyway, that's, that's uh, good awesome. for him. Yeah. Good for him. My wife goes in for her kidney, uh, you know, kidney stone removal. And uh, the guy who, the doctor, I, I don't know for a fact that he botched it, but it seems like he did. He messed up. He couldn't do, he wanted to do the procedure a certain way, and that way did not work. And uh, it meant that she had laparoscopic surgery, which she wasn't really supposed to have. She, it was supposed to be this thing where they laser it out by going up through your bladder. Yeah. Uncomfortable, but not, you know, like long recovery time. And uh, instead, she gets this long recovery time because she's got to take care of this wound on her back. And they didn't get the stone. They messed up somehow. So we have to go back a so week later. Since it's messed up, right? It's free, right? Because that's up. good customer service. Uh, yeah, just like your mechanic. <laughs> yeah. So she comes home and we think, okay, this is still going to be fine. All she has to do is lay up while I go get my thing out my gallbladder out. Uh, so I go to the hospital, get my gallbladder out, flying colors. I was a little more nervous than I thought I'd be because I usually try not to have, you know, emotions about stuff other than anger. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. Got it out. I was mostly fine, but I couldn't do anything, right? And mm -hmm. I couldn't hardly eat. 
that night, Marty wakes up in intense pain. She tells me, I say, okay, what do we need to do? She says, I think I'm okay. I just letting you know, I'm hurting way more than I thought it would be. Okay. She goes back to bed. 30 minutes later, she comes and gets me and says, I can't sleep. It's bad. So we go to the hospital. Turns out it's infected because whoever did the surgery did not. I don't know what they did wrong, but they got infected. So, so we spent all week in the hospital. So treating the infections free, right? Because that's yeah. good customer service and they must. <laughs> that's have- just how that works. Yeah, that's how that works. So we're, we're stuck there in the hospital overnight. Me, you know, can barely move because I got all this stuff done. You know, I got holes poked all in my belly. Uh, and so I sleep in the car that night. Can't go in the hospital because as long as she's in the emergency room, I can't go in. And around noon the next day, we'll get a room and I can go be with her then for a little while before they get her calmed down and, you know, the infection treated. And then finally, we got the gallstones out yesterday. So, um, no, not the gallstones, the kidney stones out yesterday. Brand new doctor goes in, does a whole surgery, and half the amount of time it took that guy to butcher it. And uh, she's already feeling way better. All right, good. And that and that was free, right? Because they yeah, messed up the first one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there's if there's something people know about our healthcare, it's how affordable it is, and how <laughs> uncompromising our doctors are for quality. Oh, and also, the customer service is stellar. Right. Because you pay so much for it, it's mm. got to be stellar. It's like you wouldn't go to a steakhouse where they spit in your face and treat you like garbage. So you wouldn't go to a hospital like that either, obviously. Right. Where they stuck you out in the hallway where a bunch of drunks are having a fight and orderly, or not, sorry, a nurse has to tackle one of them and breaks the wrist because that's an actual thing that happened to my wife about 10 years ago. But now the the <laughs> wrist repair would be free though, right? Because the, oh, yeah, the nurse guy, broke it. I think it. his was because it was, he, he was injured in defense <laughs> to the hospital. <laughs> So what have you been doing, Ryan? Oh my gosh. Uh, your week's been exciting too. My, Not that exciting. My life has been kind of consumed with the Emancipate Cleveland mm-hmm. work, which is uh, I'm working with a group that is trying to get that Confederate statue moved out of the center of our town and to work towards, you know, some racial equity in, uh, in our city. And it's, it's crazy. The folks, uh, the racist folks on the other side are, gross and angry and filled with hate and uh right. and we're just trying to have reasonable conversations and make change and it's it's so weird <laughs> the the way uh, the weird the weirdest thing to me is how uh how just blatantly racist people can be and still be completely ignorant to the fact that they were just blatantly racist you know that's what that's what amazes me the most um, it, and so it like to the point where it has to be willful ignorance, you know, it, it, it's not just, I was raised in the South and don't know no better. Bless my heart. It's so weird. Yeah. It's the, the whole thing is, is, uh, is, it's just insane. Looks it's baffling. just crazy. But, uh, in some other kind of cool news, uh, magic, the gathering announced their new sets for next year. <laughs> And there are two sets that I want to talk about very quickly. Uh, the first set yeah. is, is actually the less relevant to our podcast, but it is uh, farther away than the other set I want to talk about. But 
The first set I want to talk about is they are returning to Innistrad. So I don't know if folks know much about how Magic the Gathering works, but nope. ev every two card sets takes place in one like plane. If it was, you know, if it was Dungeons and Dragons, like it would be uh, these two sets are Forgotten Realms. The next two sets are, you know, uh, another D&D place. Fun. <laughs> Like the next two would be would be Forgotten Sun, like that, right? <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's how it works. Well, Innistrad is basically their Ravenloft kind oh. of setting, right? It's the setting where the vampires and the werewolves all come from, and the Cthulhu stuff. Mm -hmm. um, well, they're returning to Innistrad, and the two sets that are going to come out for this, the first set, uh, well, maybe, I don't know which in which order they are, but one of the sets is going to be, is actually being called Innistrad Vampires. And the second set's being called Innistrad Werewolves. I bet you're so, crazy excited about werewolves. I, I happen to love, so mechanics, the mechanics of werewolf cards are really fun to me. They are double-sided cards, and they, they're a human on one side, and when certain elements of play occur, you flip them, and they become werewolves with like twice as much power and toughness and they have their special abilities change and stuff. And then when other effects happen, you have to flip them back to the human side. Oh, no. And I find it to be thematically very true to, you know, being werewolves and it is a fun mechanic to play, you know, cause you're always flipping your cards back and forth. So it feels like you're doing more. Right. So I really enjoy them. I've got a werewolf deck, and I so I love the idea that they're going to come out with more werewolves. That's super cool. But the other thing is that uh, this a set coming out before that is going to be Dungeons and Dragons: Forgotten Realms. I I, I heard something about that. Yeah, and so this is I have mixed feelings on this. You know, it's a little cons it's never good when wizard when Wizards of the Coast or any company starts looks at their product lines and they go oh, we have these two things that are huge in completely different sort of arenas. Um, let's, let's mix them, right? And, and that always makes me nervous. And they had released some, some uh, Dungeons & Dragons source books in the last couple of years that were the source books for some of the planes that magic takes place in. Um, and that's kind of, you know, the, the book sold well. People liked it. Uh, but it's weird to go the other direction to me, like taking the the magic cards, the magic card setting and turning it into a place that you can play your role playing game in. Uh, that feels like that makes sense. That's a natural progression because there is a storyline to magic. Uh, you know, I mean, there, it's also a card game, but there is actually a storyline that explains why they go to each of these realms every two sets and stuff. But it seems weird to take the Forgotten Realms, and make magic cards out of them. I'm on a whole bunch of D&D and role-playing groups, obviously. Right. Um, and there's this weird pushback on some of the ones that are ex explicitly for people that are not playing D&D, right? Right. But in particular, they're like, what the fuck do we need more D&D in magic for? You know, what, what do we need more D&D? We already have plenty. Sure. And adding it to magic means that I have to deal with it in yeah. this thing that I do that has nothing to do with it. But now it's there in my face again. It feels like a blatant attempt to get Dungeons and Dragons players to get into their other product. 
Well, I mean, yes, that's yeah, what they did. But but yeah. the thing is, it's too blatant. And so it feels, too blatant like, for you. It feels okay. dirty to me. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm also excited about having Tiamat on a magic card. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think of Carrie? I think that I don't care about any of this unless, right. unless there are squirrels involved. <laughs> are there I squirrels? So. I don't know. Is there a vampire squirrel? I don't know. Because if there's if there's a were squirrel, I'm in. <laughs> they don't have to sell me on anything else. <laughs> Let's go to combat round. I think there needs to be a were squirrel, period. Oh, right. <laughs> All right, welcome to combat rounds. The moon is high and the were squirrels are out. Oh. That was close. It's spellfire. Spellfire, that was it. Yeah. So, well, today we've got kind of just a nothing show. Sorry. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> We're bringing our egg. It could be our best one ever. Yeah, it could be our best one ever. So today I thought let's just uh, ask. I'm just going to ask you guys some weird questions about uh, your history of gaming, and oh let's just see what kind of ridiculous stories we come up with. I have a list of like 30 questions, and so I'm just going to randomly right. pick and choose yeah, some. We and- should. We should point out that Jason and I have not seen these questions. That's right. It's good. That's right. Okay. Are we ready? Mm-mm. All right. So yes, I'm going to, I'm going to start out with kind of uh, a, a weird one. All right. Tell me about an, a recurring inside joke that you have with your friends that came from a role-playing game that you played sometime. Uh, you know, I, I ran uh, a game exalted for about five years we talked about that one day and during that time you know of course you, players will do crazy stuff and what yeah there was a time when my wife she she was playing this ranger kind of type night exalted and uh, nightcast and she encounters this cult and i can't remember the specifics of it but she offended them she made them very angry, and they basically are, are, like, trying to kill her. The other players swoop in, save her life, bring her back, and then they have to. They realize that they had to go back and talk to these people to get something. And in the negotiations, they're like, yeah, we'll absolutely give you whatever you want. In exchange, you have to kill her. So uh, one of the players says, well, okay, uh, we'll fake her death. Um I'm like, okay, what are you going to do? He says, well, we'll just, uh, you know, run her through a little. And (laughs) so they, I don't know. uh, My my wife was the person who was going to get run through a little. And a good friend of mine, Jason Lawhorn, is the one who was going to do the running through. And they they still talk about that. So they they often joke, you know, well, maybe we'll just run run her through through a little. A little. little. That's fantastic. That is funny. Do you have one, Carrie? Um, two come to mind. Uh, the first one is in a in a mush that I used to play with a bunch of people. Our characters would go out hunting, and you'd ro- you roll the die. You know, you you put in the code, and it will tell you what you hunt, like what shows up. It's like and, a random a random result generator right. that'll tell you. But for a some table. reason, my character only caught turkeys. All the time? All the time. <laughs> like, it would be like three turkeys appear. And I'm like, 
whoa, wait a minute. Like, this is insane. And so we actually took that joke and have put it into every mush that I've made since then. That, like, there is a possibility possibility that a turkey could show up. And, like, every time it does, people are like, where's Zephyr? You know, because they're, they're thinking that, you know, like, clearly Zephyr is there because he summons turkeys. Nice. What's the other one? Um, the other one happened not at a LARP, but it was because of a LARP. Um, I happened to overhear some players discussing how they thought my, my, the storyteller that was on my staff was reading their chops. <laughs> and, and, uh, they didn't realize I was awake when this, when they were having this I discussion. I don't think they even knew you were in the house. Yeah, they didn't know. And they were talking about, he, he was clearly reading my chops. That's how he won. And uh, I mean, this is and, a, a LARP where you played paper, rock, scissors to determine right. outcomes. And I kind of blew my top. Like I, like Ryan was in the room with me and he actually held me back and was like, no, no, let them talk and dig a bigger hole. Like let the you know let them get it out so you know exactly what they think and uh, and so I'm like all right and I finally lost it and I like broke free of him and I and I flung open the door and 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 I was like what and they were like uh uh he was reading our pattern you know because that's when you can tell you know a lot of times people will throw in certain patterns because they think they're being clever but it's really easy for a storyteller to pick up on that pattern. But I love because you see it a million times, right? But the problem was, is the player was only throwing scissors. <laughs> That's all he threw the and whole so, time. The whole time. So I mean, I literally I bellowed back at the top of my lungs. Scissors is not a pattern. <laughs> and so, like every time a player would start to argue with me or my staff, we would all just say that scissors is not a pattern. <laughs> and it was, you know, it, it felt made me feel better. I don't know if it made the players feel better, but. So uh, I'm going to ask the next question. Well, wait, do well, you no, have one? I do. Oh. But, mm. but it answers the next question as well. All so right. the next question is, what is the weirdest thing you've ever seen in a game? All right. How about so, you answer this? I'm going to go first. So the weirdest thing I've ever seen in a game also resulted in an inside recurring joke that oh, always happens. Yeah, yeah, I know what so this is. So I was at a LARP once. It was a mage LARP. And so, and there was this group of players we had never seen before who rolled up and they were very like flamboyant and excited. And they were, they were clearly all actors or thought they were, and they rolled up and I think they were, they had their characters cast, do a ritual. Right. And, uh, and essentially like they poured salt in a giant, you know, pentagram on the floor and they went too far. It was uncomfortable. But when they actually started to do the ritual, uh, they pulled out, they had, before they came to the game, they had went to a seafood shop and they had bought uh, the, this giant squid. Or octopus. And they were, he was bald. And so he stuck this squid on his a head. A dead squid. On his head. It was slimy and gross and shiny. And and then they all, they had these little, I, I, they were, I guess they were calamari, is what they probably were, but they would look like little octopuses. And part of the ritual were that they, as they cast this ritual, was they all put one of these in their mouths. It was the weirdest thing ever. But here's the part that stuck: <laughs> is that uh, when they showed up and checked in, 
right? They were carrying these huge sacks. We didn't know what was in it at the time. It was seafood. But when they checked in, they were so proud of themselves. And they looked right at us at, at the ST table and they said, we are going to make your game. And so now whenever anyone does something silly that's kind of stupid. Or over the top. Or whenever we see a squid or an octopus at a at a zoo or an aquarium, or or even when you see like a knitted hat, yeah. or if we see like a, a a stuffed animal of one, we'll stick it on our head and we'll go, "I'm making your game. Or, <laughs> I'm making your Walmart trip. This is gonna make yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the weirdest thing that you've ever seen at a game, Jason? Oh man. Ah. Uh. Okay, so I don't know if weirdest is the right word for this, but um, at the same time I was bought for LARPing, I was also in World of Darkness games, and we were going to the werewolf events pretty regularly, which would be played at similar sites. We would go to this big werewolf event, like a Boy Scout camp or something like that, and you're play, in play all weekend, and that's really cool. So a lot of people would go all out with their costumes and try to be as, I don't know, authentic to the character as possible and i remember this in particular because um it was one of the first ones that i did and this guy was playing a, uh, a very aggressively white guy i want to make that clear and also was one that, of the regional was that what he was playing or he was no, no. he was aggressively okay. white okay uh he was also one of the re regional storytellers and this was his personal mm. character uh which was a thing that everybody did back then everybody played their characters in the big games and stuff um, but he was playing a, I, I want to, I want to be clear. I, I want, I believe it was a Wendigo. It could have been a Uktena. What really matters is the fact that the character was a native and he is not. Oh no. Yeah. So oh, he, no. he reddened himself. It wasn't really, really like bad puny red, but he definitely makeup. you know what I'm saying? All over his body. Okay. And I know that he used makeup all over his body because the game took place in, I don't know, like August. And he wore a loincloth and nothing else all weekend. Good time. I, I want to make it very clear when I say, and nothing else, that everybody saw him, saw everything. And I'm pretty sure he used makeup everywhere. Ew. Well, I mean, it's all kind of messed up. I mean, it was yeah. in the, it's inexcusable, but at least in, uh, it was around 2000 and people were doing more stuff like that back then and they shouldn't have been, but even with the amount of, there was less awareness of how insensitive it was. Right. But even with that, it was over the top. And it was one of the things everybody talked about all weekend is how this basically naked man was painted red. And he was also one of the big important people that was helping run the game. Wow. What about you, Carrie? What's the weirdest thing you've ever seen at a game? Well, you, you took the, you took the octopus story. So <laughs> I, I have another one and it's not, it, it was a weird occurrence. So back in like, I don't know, like 98, I went to Gen Con and I played in a world of darkness LARP. It was a huge game, like a hundred person game. And they had 
all the genres mixed in. Like, they basically went, this thing has happened, so the changelings are getting along enough with the vampires who are getting along enough with the werewolves to all deal with this one issue. You know, okay. And, but it was also set, like, I don't know, like, right before the shattering happened. So, like, and I was playing a... Yeah, so distant past. So everyone is in, like, medieval clothes and their World of Darkness clothes. And um, I ended up playing a satyr. And true to form, as a satyr, my satyr got around. Yes. Like, it was Gen Con, so I was like, you know, I'm just going to be ridiculous and play this hard. And so I ended up, like, my goal was... (laughs) My goal was to end up being with with one of every creature. I did. Okay. And, um... And, and so, you know, it was over. It was ridiculous and fun. Like, the next year at Gen Con, my picture was in the catalog. <laughs> like, it was, I was like, oh my, that's me. Okay. Um, but it was, you know, it was, it was very fun. Well, like, two years later, I discover this werewolf LARP. And I go join it in Chicago. And I roll in with my new character. I'm a little nervous because I only know, like, the, my boyfriend who brought me and I don't know anyone else. And all of the sudden from across the room, someone screams at the top of their lungs, my Seder! <laughs> and I'm like, what? And I turn around and there's Amber fams. And she like, she came up and she hugged me. And like, I, I kind of remembered her, but you know, it had been like two years. And so I'm like, hello, cute short person. Who's hugging me. What is happening? You know? And she was like, she's good. Everybody. Like, she's a good role player. No one give her a hard time. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm in. Nice. <laughs> All right, tell me about your dice bags. Jason, Sorry. Crown Royal? Crown Royal? <laughs> no, no. I, I had a Crown Royal bag years ago. And I, I so I'm, you know, I'm one of those people that if I realize that I have the same thing as everybody else, it starts bothering me. Sure. <laughs> I, I, I hate that about myself, but it's still true. Uh, and so I, I, abandoned the crown roll bag and I started carrying my dice in a, a variety of boxes for a while. But again, I have moved like a dozen times in the last 20 years and I lost all those dice. I have oh. no idea whatever happened. Oh. Uh, and so now having rebuilt my set since I've been playing a lot more D and D and some other tabletop games, I have, uh, they made a special edition of Tito's vodka and it had a very, very long bag and it's burlap. So I carry all my dice in a, in a long burlap Tito's vodka uh, <laughs> bag. Nice. What about you, Carrie? I have a bag that I got from an ex-roommate. She right? decided she was done living with me and just moved out randomly on me one day. And she left a ton of stuff. And one of the things she left was a fancy purse, like a drawstring purse. That's a pouch that was is completely sequined. And so I have this oh, yeah. white obnoxious sequined dice bag <laughs> that clearly was someone's prom purse or, or something. And so that's my dice bag. Nice. Mm-hmm. So I don't actually have a dice bag. It's on my, it's on, we've talked about this, mm-hmm. but like it's on my list of like a thing I need to get. I yeah. don't actually have one. I have a bunch of these small cow cow print furry bags that i gotten from an eyeglass shop that i worked at um and so those i've got like seven of those but like what i need is one dice bag that all of those dice can go in but i've not 
found one that I liked. The, I found one I liked, but it was like 80 bucks. And yeah, I said, and I that's like, not worth it. But uh, my, that's it's on my list. I'm you do have it. a cool dice cup. Yeah, I've got a nice dice cup for to roll. Uh, mm-hmm. Carrie and I both have one, actually. They're from the same lady. It's like this leather-worked cup where they've got like eyeballs and teeth on them, and they're creepy. Um, a couple of our pictures for the show, they're in there, right? Yeah. I, I think so, yeah. Yeah. So on a related note, what's your favorite set of dice? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit something here. I mean, there's dice that are very attractive. Like my wife loves those. Aura Borealis dice, you know, yes. that's got the yeah. little tiny sparkles in them. She just loves those. We've probably spent 150 bucks buying sets over the years right. of those dice in particular. But I don't care. I have zero preference. <laughs> I don't, do, they, do they do they do the job and are they easy to read? I, I could care less beyond that. That's fair. That's okay. What about you, Carrie? Um, I actually lean a little bit towards what Jason said. Really? I don't, you know, like I, most of my dice are all mixed up. Like I don't have like, this is my set that all matches. I do have some favorite dice though. Um, oh yeah. One year at Gen Con, Chess X was handing out free dice, you know, and it, they're six sided, you know, and you think, okay, I'll just get a couple. But what's cool about them is that it says patent pending. <laughs> on it. And I always think that's just cool. And like, they're, they're kind of fun because they're speckled and I just yeah. think that's neat. So that's my, my favorite dice. That I got a set from uh, when when we went up to Atlantic City to Josh Josh's con. Uh, Joshua con. Joshua con. And it's crap. They're usually right here in a X bad. It's my darker Hughes Studios dice. The, you know the two dice sixes that uh, that Chris Spivey gave us. Yeah. Uh, when we played, mm. those were cool. Nice. My favorite are my, I have some D six D sixes that are shaped like bullets. Yeah. And I think that those are really cool. That's my, those are my favorite. I like those too. Those are cool. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I don't really, I don't have like a D and D set that I'm like particularly Dakota's got like five. She loves them. Like she's (laughs) just like, I need more dice. And I'm like, Oh, you've started. Oh no. She's a hoarder. Oh, no. yeah. so the next question Woo! is tell me about some sort of insane wacky violent moment actual for real violent moment that's happened at a game you've been a part of that we've done that you've or been a part real- of oh, no. okay well we know carrie's because she's got a really famous story i've got a bunch of famous stories that's crazy i, I like how you don't keep telling me that chicago is just fine and all these stories are things that happen in chicago it's the chicago way the chicago. you bring you bring dice way. i bring a chair that's right <laughs> no I've, I've had i've had a chair thrown at me i i was in i was at a game it was not in chicago it was in west of there i don't remember where it was and um there was a, a huge fist fight and I was the only visitor to the game at the time. <laughs> and so I ended, like, they were like, everybody stop. And it was with, like, a storyteller, too. It was like a storyteller and a player got into a fist fight. That's crazy. And it was at somebody's house. So I ended up having to go sit, like, on the front porch while they had a giant, like, game meeting if they were going to throw their ST out or this player out or both of them or wow. whatever. It was insane. I was at a game once that almost had a fist fight broke out. Um, it was. Uh, I apologize for that. No, it wasn't. You. It was in Northwest Indiana at the Hobart Art League. Oh, yeah. Somebody, that was, was crazy. Was it Galeato's character or was it Joel's character? I think it 
think it was Galliato. I'm not I'm not certain though. It was a player that would never ever ever do anything violent and a, and an excellent role player and their character was mad at the other character and the other character was a new player. And and he, they were yelling at one another and at some point it went the, from in character to out of character for one of them. For the new player. But but our regular player was still just role playing. <laughs> he and actually I think it was Galliato because I remember he went, I thought he was a really good pl- role player. Right. But it, <laughs> it at <wasn't>. some <laughs> point, the other guy had just like misconstrued everything and had like flipped out and it almost went to blows. And we had to like escort that guy out. And it yeah. was, that was crazy. Because um, it was something about his wife. and I, It was yeah, weird. It was it, we didn't even really understand how it went that and, way. And, and I, I felt, actually had to tell him, you're not welcome back. Yeah. And he like, and he tried to argue with me. Like I should <laughs> let him back. And I was like, No. And I felt no. really bad for for our player. It, yeah. If it was if it was Ryan Galliato, I like I felt really terrible for him because like it was just not his fault. No, yeah. no, not it at was all. Joel. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> no. What about you, no, Jason? Joel, Joel's the storyteller. He wouldn't. Have, it wouldn't yeah. have been Joel. I have a, like three stories, and neither one of them are as intense as y'all's. The one of them, it was pretty crazy, and, and the the one that's the best didn't actually happen to me. It happened to my wife. Uh, back when we were bafalarping, there was this guy who uh, had a really big crush on a close friend of ours at the time. And at some point, they broke up, right? Because a lot of, well, you know, gamer relationships can be tumultuous, especially when they're mixing game stuff. If, I, I don't know. Anyway, so we're getting ready to leave your game. I say, okay, cars packed. I've got to go do something, say goodbye to somebody or something like that, right? And while I'm gone, this guy essentially tries to climb through the window of the car to get to the girl that had just broken up with him. And Marty's in there literally having to fight him off and say, no, it doesn't matter if you just want to talk. You're being crazy and climbing into the window of my car and we're having to drag you out of it. Mm -hmm. There's zero excuse behavior. Um, Wow. I got worked for it. <laughs> Crap. I do have one story of almost getting in a fight with a guy, except I didn't realize it was going to happen. It was the same situation. It was a, a guy that I hadn't role played with a whole bunch. And one of the things that I enjoy getting to role play is uh, uh, like really heavy aggression and yelling. Uh, you know, I played a click character for years, Claw, that was like the whole shtick. Is I was angry all the time, and this guy was like, "I really love that I could, you know, that I could do that. Like we could go toe to toe and just like scream at each other. That would be a wonderful experience." And I thought, "Yes, finally, no breaks. I'm going to go all out." And uh, <laughs> we had a screaming match, and that guy got really upset, and it made me upset because I didn't want to, you know, actually hurt his feelings. You, or you thought you'd been given an okay. I thought I'd been given an all clear, so I went all out, and uh, it, it upset him really bad. And he never came back to game. I don't oh. remember his. He didn't come back after that. I remember he punched the wall on the way out and broke his hand. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Uh, so tell me the scariest place you have ever played a game. And I don't mean an in-game location. I mean out of out of game, like the scariest place you've ever role played. Hmm. Mine was Fight Club 2. 
Fight Club Two so was fight, pretty scary. So there was this, it, one of the places that we role played in Chicago was at this place where they trained theater people to do stage fighting. It was called Fight Club, and they moved. Yeah, yeah they moved to, and so that's why we say Fight Club Two. And their second location, uh, since they didn't practice on Friday and Saturday nights, because that's when plays occurred. Uh, we our LARP rented from there, and uh, Fight Club Two was in this uh, a bad neighborhood. Right. You know, it would it mm-hmm. walk in pairs from the L stop to the building. The building was half built and then abandoned. And so like the second floor was mostly finished. And so places like the fight club rented rented parts. But the downstairs was completely not finished. And there was like huge unmarked holes that would fall into this like flooded basement that you could fall into it because you couldn't see them. It was anyway, but what was so scary about it was that it was in such a bad neighborhood. And one time there was a police chase that uh, ended right, like a high speed police chase that ended right in front of our, of of where we were. Yeah. Like the car crashed, uh, the, you know, the villain's car crashed and the cops got out and they had their guns drawn. They may have even fired once, but it wasn't a firefight. Yeah, I think though. there was one. But like, I think him. he shot once and the guy was like, oh, OK, I'll stop or whatever. I mean, and that was that was pretty crazy and scary. And it was made it particularly scary because uh, from then on, you were very aware of just how bad a neighborhood you were playing in. <laughs> like every time you went to game, it was mm-hmm. like, I remember People the last be time. like. Hey, does anyone want to go get food? And everyone was like, no. No, we're good. We're in. We're good. We're in for the night. Lock the doors. Yeah. We're good. What about you all? Where's the scariest place you've ever played, Carrie? Um, well, that's probably... Other than Fight Club 2. <laughs> that, that, that was pretty scary. Um, the first Fight Club's elevator was pretty scary. Um, <laughs> we've, just... we've talked about that Ooh, on the show. Yeah. yeah. Rah, rah, rah. Um, and then I'm actually going to put in one more place that we've role-played because it was scary for a different reason. Okay. We Was it went... your mom's house? <laughs> no. My mom makes cookies when I role play. Um, it was... We ended up going on vacation somewhere. And we ended up playing vampire at a bar. I don't remember where it was at, though. I don't either. And... They they were like, it's all good. You know, the storyteller was like, it's good. Just log in and role play. And I ended up having an entire scene where I was a bitch to somebody in character and they weren't playing. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, I could have got hit. Right. Like this person, because this person got mad at me and I was, I was role playing. And you're like, I threw paper man yeah i know and they're you know like the best part is that she she went she went home that night and t- was talking to her friend and was like man there was this girl that was nuts at the bar she was like i'm a vampire and i'm gonna kill you and i was <laughs> <laughs> and i was just like what the hell why don't we have name tags on or something <laughs> what about you jason what's the scariest place you've ever played the deal is, is that while Chattanooga has a very high, like, population to murder rate for its size, very little of it feels scary. So, you know, most trains yeah. Chattanooga. Uh, you know, I guess one of the things we used to do back when I played in Immortals game in uh, the old cam, back before it, one of its many name changes now, uh, 
we would just like meet somewhere like uh, uh, Rembrandt's, which is coffee shop and what the, what's referred to as the art district in uh, Chattanooga. And then we would just role play and walk all over the city. And a lot of times we would wind up like under a bridge somewhere and we would just do scenes uh, until two or three in the morning. And then we would eventually walk back to our cars. So in but, hindsight, you know, it doesn't, probably, it's not really as but in hindsight, probably not the safest. Yeah, in hindsight, that's not the, no, but it was fine. Sure. I mean, every so often we would get a, a random person, maybe a, a homeless guy or just some random midnight jogger. Right, right. Uh, would come through and be a little freaked out. But other than that, I mean, didn't feel dangerous, but yeah. it's probably not the best idea to role play under random bridges in the middle of the night. Sure, sure. <laughs> All right, what is sage advice? <laughs> so what's... Good, good locations, though. Yeah. So what's the most horrible role-playing game book ever printed and why is it world of darkness gypsies <laughs> no <laughs> i'm just kidding but uh the, for real the question actually is what do you think is the worst and i just mean in quality not not that kind of worst but what's the worst role-playing game book you've ever bought you know, and it could have been something you were really excited about, and then you got it, and it was like, what? So there's, I, I don't have anything I was like crazy excited about, but the the worst for me because it was crazy boring was this game called Corporea, and I've mentioned it before. Uh, it was supposed to be like role playing, like low fantasy in a modern corporate setting where there were like knights and businesses and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And all of the interior artwork was either clip art or mm. poorly uh, photoshopped, uh, like Getty images and stuff. Just <laughs> and uh, it was so boring looking and reading that even at $10, I felt like I was cheated. Right. Sure. So I've got two. Uh, yes. They are, they are ironically both World of Darkness books. Well, you probably have more World of Darkness books than anything else. Mm -hmm. But but I have a lot though. I do have a lot of books. So, yeah. but uh, and first of all, honorable mention to the layout and design work of Star Trek you Adventures. Just stole mine. <laughs> <laughs> the game is fine, but the, the I don't know that the game's fine because I can't ever play it because it bothers me so badly, <laughs> and it makes me mad because I am a Trekkie. Like I love Star Trek. Star it's Wars so can go away. I like Star Trek, and I can't. I we're never gonna play it because it's, it's so hard to read. Awful. Yeah. So you should download the PDF. My my <laughs> two my two worst books uh, are um, Werewolf the Wild West, Ghost Towns. Oh my god, that's so bad. Oh my gosh. And we have a copy of Ghost Towns. Yes. Yeah. So here's why it's so bad. All right. Why do you hate it? The mm. Ghost Towns. Is, uh, all right, so we're going to segue a little bit because the next question is going to be, what's your favorite World of Darkness line? But my favorite World of Darkness line is Werewolf the Wild West. Right. And I mean, it's just, it's my favorite. And I, and there were only going to be five or six books of that, right? It turned out to be even less. But I mean, initially, there was only going to be five or six Werewolf Wild West books. And so to waste one on a bunch of shitty art with terrible writing 
and horribly ill-conceived made-up towns to set your game in that have, like, awful, just awful story hooks. Like, it, it was just, like, the worst. It was, it was a waste. It felt like such a betrayal, a waste. All right, can I plug? Yeah. We did a review of Werewolf uh, Ghost Towns on uh, Werewolf the Podcast. Starring Josh Heath. <laughs> and Carrie. And Carrie. And, um, yeah, it, it was... The, it, it is possibly the biggest piece of crap yeah. I've ever read. Yeah. Wow. And my second, yeah. my second worst book is second to second place to that is the, the BNS werewolf book for LARP. Um, but we, that's well known that you hate that. Mm-hmm. It is 900 pages. So it's like 800 pages too long for a LARP book. And, uh, and it, it, it takes all of the character and flavor that makes werewolf wonderful and throws it out the window uh, in favor of crappy vampire mechanics, and it's it's just an awful, awful book. <sighs> you feel better? But mostly, Ghost Towns. Garbage. All right, so... Like, if you want to read a book and get mad, read Ghost Towns. Right. You'll get mad. <laughs> yeah. So, Werewolf the Wild West, my favorite World of Darkness line. Uh, Jason, what's your favorite World of Darkness line? Okay, so this is going to sound weird, but for 100 years, I would have told you Changeling in a heartbeat. But Wait, old Changeling? Yeah, uh, change. Yeah, changeling the dreaming. Though I like loss, I, I prefer dreaming. They're both good, both good lines. Uh, I just, I, I, I can't say that I have a strong opinion anymore. Uh, something about like, you know, obviously we were involved in UT for a long time, and uh, well, about five years, and in that time, I got to do a ton of really cool stuff where I talk to the current developers of White Wolf Lines, and I was involved in a bunch of stuff like that. It was really cool, but now I am just so over all of it. <laughs> that I, I just, I just, I don't care like I used to. I, yeah. I don't care as much as I used to. In fact, I would almost say that right now, if I was like gun to my head, run a game of World of Darkness, I would either run Mortals from the new world of darkness. No, 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 just a, it would still be old world of darkness. It, it's the one I started with. You just it, run humans. Yeah. I would run a human game with no powers and that would be it. It'd almost be the original versions of hunters. hunters. Yeah. 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 Like an old school hunters game, game uh, set in the old world of darkness. Uh, or I would run vampire because at the end of the day, it's the easiest to right. run. Right. What about me. you, Carrie? What's your favorite? Uh, Changeling. Absolutely changeling. Yeah. Okay. The, the way no, the way I do it is, if I had to live in a genre, <laughs> that is the genre I'd want to live in. Okay. You know, I, now, I like. Was, I like. I like was, a little bit of hope. If you were running a changeling game, I would be very interested in playing in it for sure. Mm-hmm. I can't it's get you to play my since mush. I've so. Yeah. Look, I'm running mushes. Yeah, I've heard a lot of weird critique of the new book, but I haven't looked at it yet. I've I've, I've just paged through and looked at a little bit of art. I haven't got to. So you have a copy? Because I, I, I don't think I backed it. Or if I did back it, my bank account said, no, you didn't back it. <laughs> just we kidding. Were just... Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what's your favorite Dungeons and Dragons realm? Oh, uh, let's see. I'm trying to. I almost said the wrong thing. Planescape. Planescape by a wide margin. Yeah. It's, uh, to me, the most well thought out and complex of the settings. 
it takes a whole bunch of stuff that the that that had been kind of like random bits that people had come up with over the years yeah put it all together into one coherent box set that had the most beautiful art i've ever seen in any dungeons and dragons setting and and on top of that the character designs were uh the first one that I really felt like was something other than generic fantasy. Sure. It had its own look, and I loved the setting. I loved the uh, bringing together a bunch of disparate elements into one big thing that worked. And uh, I could play Planescape forever. I wish somebody was running it for me. Yeah. What about you, Carrie? I don't have one. So like, probably just Forgotten Realms, like plain well, old just Dungeons just and Dragons. Du- like every D&D game that I've played... I've never had them go, now we're in Forgotten Realms. You know, now we're in, you know, like, it's never been announced to me what realm I was playing in. Right. It was probably all homebrew world. Yeah, and so I I think it was mostly homebrew. And so to me, like, when people are like, oh, I like this better, I'm like, it's D&D. Right. It's whatever your dungeon master is running. Like, (laughs) I will say this. I don't see myself ever running any of those worlds i'll always run a homebrew game. Mm-hmm. for me running it part of it is that is making the homebrew world right i was uh i i always thought i would really like ravenloft but it turns out t- that ravenloft is too generic old monster movie-ish and I, so I it think- doesn't feel it doesn't feel exciting it feels like so you know every universal studios monster movie i've ever seen uh, you know, so for me, like I actually prefer. I like Forgotten Realms a lot, and then I also really liked the challenge of Fading Suns. We look on. No, not Fading Suns, Dark Suns. Oh wait, is it? So wait, is Fading Suns a different? What is game? happening? What are we talking Fading about? Fading Suns is a different game. We love D and D so much that we can barely name three settings. <laughs> well, it's because hear- none of us, most of us, either have run World of Darkness games. Or if we do run a game, we'd set it in our own world. <laughs> so for me, it really ends up being Dark Sun. I like the challenge of Dark Sun because it was really hard to do anything. And that was kind of interesting. Oh, see, I thought you were going to say the get Magic the Gathering realm. <laughs> <laughs> right. Carrie, tell me the your favorite piece of art you have ever seen in a gaming book. No. Yes. Um, my favorite piece <laughs> is in the Changeling book. The changeling, the dreaming, dreaming. dreaming. Um, there's a there's a picture of a red cap trying to bite off someone's elbow, and <laughs> it cracks me up so much because the look on the guy's face, he's just going oh, and in in his his mouth is a perfect circle, while this red cap you know has clearly unhinged his jaw and is trying to bite his elbow. But then the more you look at it, it's like horrifying. <laughs> because it's not even like he's going to bite his hand off. Because when you bite someone's elbow off, they lose their hand too. Right. <laughs> and, and, and so it's like this whole, you know, and, and if you know anything about the game, red caps can eat anything. Cause, so he's clearly going to eat this guy's elbow in hand. <laughs> so, and, it's, and, so it's about where the photos go, where the drawing's going to go. Right. Yeah. And it's this moment of where you kind of go, <laughs> that's funny. And then you go, Oh no, that's awful. <laughs> and there there's a there's a there's a horror to it, but there's also like a playfulness and it's this great balance and I and I like it a lot. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jason? What's your favorite piece? Uh, you know, 
probably my favorite is I got two that I think about a lot. The one that first came to my head was uh, again Planescape. There's this really great. It's the it's the icon for the setting. It's this picture of uh, one of the main NPCs in the setting, just her face, and it's really just made out of knives and it's a mask, and it's just very evocative of the setting. So I really love it. Uh, but my my. Uh, uh, intellectual studied answer is the cover to Harlem Unbound. It's brilliant. It's like three colors, black, white, and red. And it is just a, a perfect study of minimalist design telling a, a ton of story all at once. It's good art. It really yeah. is. That whole book's whole got book's great good. art. Yeah. yeah. And I can also just throw that out there anytime that I have a question I don't know how to answer because I got to meet the developer and also it's in a museum. So <laughs> I think mine is, is I, my, my two favorite pieces of art from a game are both in, in uh, werewolf books. Uh, no surprise. I'm so predictable. Yeah. But here's the weird thing though, is that I actually own the originals of both of these. Not the ones that are over your window there. Uh, one of them is. Yeah. And it's not intention. It wasn't like I tried to do it either. I just happened to be uh, at Gen Con one year when Steve Ellis, the artist was selling a bunch of his werewolf stuff and it happened to be in there. But one, so one of them, my favorite is the, the it's, a, it's an ink wash of the Tavarovich twins that Steve Ellis did for the silver Fang book. Um, there's something really cool about it because there's they're both in Glabro and it has this like um, they look like Russian noble children and it's got uh, there's like a classiness to it. There's also a, a hint of a creepy incestuousness to there's it. There's more than a hint. Right. But like it's, it is a little unsettling. But the character those characters have that mm -hmm. like you know it, the books don't say that they're incestuous yeah, but, like, but they're silver fangs but there's something weird <laughs> they're silver so fangs. anyway but i love i love the I, I love that there's a symmetry to it that's really mm -hmm. cool too and then my other favorite i actually have only owned for like a year and a half and i still can't believe that i ended up with it but uh leaf jones did a drawing did a, a black and white marker drawing for the children of Gaia book. And it's of a werewolf in a raincoat and hat standing in the rain, lifting like his, his muzzle up to the sky with his arms outstretched. Like, like it's almost like it's a, a cleansing rain. Yeah. You know, and there's something really werewolf, the apocalypse about it, uh, particularly child of Gaia werewolf, the apocalypse about it. Uh, that is really, really beautiful that I've, it's a super simple, it's a really simple art, but it's really cool. And I just happened to be on eBay one day and saw that Leaf Jones was selling it. And it's like, that drawing's 30 years old, but somehow I ended up with it. I mean, I didn't even pay much for it. I think I paid 20, 20 bucks, 25 bucks. It was nothing. I will say that of the uh, werewolf art, which you'll have a, a few, several original pieces. I have quite a few, yeah. Uh, that is my favorite of the ones that y'all have. Yeah, it's very cool. I think it's probably the most, uh, I don't know, it's the most... It projects emotion very strongly. It does. It does. Strongly. Well, yeah. to be fair, the other pieces we have are portraits of characters. Right. That's true. That's true. That's yeah. probably the only, like, well, I don't know if it's the only action shot, but it's probably the one that's that I see the most. And I, yeah. I, I really like it. All right. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I guess we're just about out of time. So that's too bad. I kind of like this. What is your favorite character you've ever seen played? 
by me. <laughs> okay, so so I have an answer. I have an answer for that. And, and what's sad is that it, the last time I talked to you about it, Ryan, you didn't remember it that well. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, uh, when we met, I was running a vampire game, and it was just okay. But you played a character that I really loved, and I want to say he was called the Loop. No, the was, Loop was a uh, the Loop was your sire. Yeah, the Loop was my sire. The Loop, the loop was, was an NPC. The Loop was your sire, and you were a maquette. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was you, a I was a film critic. Yes, yeah. yeah. That used to be a football player that was uh, that was gay, if I remember correctly. And uh-huh. you had watched one of your fellow players maybe get basically beaten down you for being gay and you felt super guilty about that and it informed a lot of your later choices yeah i really enjoyed that character because you spent like five or six games not interacting with anybody (laughs) the character he was a lurker he would just sit in a corner and listen but as an outside observer i could tell what you were doing and i could tell you enjoyed it which was just taking in what was happening, learning about other people's characters. And so what would happen is, like, once or twice a game, you would go over and have an extremely brief conversation with somebody. But because you had been listening to everything everybody had been saying for the last six months, that conversation would be very meaningful. And then a bunch of stuff would happen because of that. And that was very enjoying to watch. I, I enjoyed that. I also enjoyed that we brought your sire in at some point. And, and it was fun to see you role play being deeply uncomfortable around the one vampire that you did not want to be around at all. And he and, adored, he adored me. And he adored you. That was the whole deal. <laughs> uh, and he was affectionate where you were very closed off. Yeah. yeah. So that was fun too. Hmm. Yeah. And my favorite part about that character though, was you had a notebook that you would write in code notes about people but it would be like what's your favorite movie <laughs> and then you you'd write down movie facts you somehow you made you had a code to figure out to remember everyone's character by their answers about movies yeah ryan and, likes notebooks for his characters he doesn't does. he, he does. i do i enjoy uh i enjoy not falling victim to my shitty memory as i get older but, so, <laughs> no, no, you've no, I always like, liked that. I like props. Yeah. I so love props. I played a character for a while that used a notebook as a prop too, but I never wrote anything in it that had anything to do with the game. I would actually be writing notes. If I was bored in the game, the notes that I would write would be about running a game, not about <laughs> But it was an excellent prop because if you're carrying a book around, people think, whoa, this guy knows stuff. Right. He's got a journal that he's making notes in. It doesn't even have to be a journal. I carried around a a poetry book, a hundred year old poetry book, and people were always like, "Oh, she's she's sophisticated." I'm like, "No, I'm not." <laughs> my rat can my rat can carry a crappy notebook around where all I did was draw uh, using my offhand. I would just draw portraits of the characters. I like those. <laughs> characters you did they were really good too <laughs> you know my next character in a world of darkness game it's going to have a walmart bag full of old receipts and 
I'm actually going to keep notes on the old receipts. <laughs> uh, All right, Carrie, oh, what's no. what's your favorite character that I've ever played? Um, PC or NPC? Oh, I don't care. Um, I have a. I I really always enjoyed Tater. Mm-hmm. Quite a bit. Um, we and we got to see him go from PC to to no, not to NPC, but we got to see his his lineage go on. So I kind of felt like I. Yeah, like his to... son became an NPC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so I, tell I was... me about Tater because I don't think I got to role play with uh, no, this character. Tater was Tailweaver, which was uh, Pete the Sept Alpha NPC. It was oh, his dad. Tater, I didn't know that. Well, yeah, his name was Todd, and they. And but he was obsessed with TV, so they called him a tater tot. Tater tot because he tater-tot. was a couch potato. You had no fear with the character. You know, like you were like, drive a train onto the sept? Okay, I'll prove a point. You know, <laughs> no, that was oh, near. That, that was near and God, all your. All my characters are so good. They were. They were. <laughs> God. I want to say that I, I enjoyed Niren because he joined the pack that I was alpha of, even though he was like two ranks higher than me at the time. <laughs> I almost had to kill another PC because they wanted to attack me because Marin was in my pack because <laughs> Marin had wrecked their set. Yeah. With a train. <laughs> my bad. So later on, I'm like, so you didn't really run a train full of like worm stuff on the set, did you? Because that would be crazy. And he's like, oh, I absolutely did that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I was. That is not inaccurate. But if they had listened to me, it wouldn't have happened. <laughs> By stopping you, <laughs> they should That's... be paying attention. He's going to do something terrible. I was look. I was what? proving the Sept Alpha wrong. <laughs> the Sept what did he, he chose not to kill you. Like you should have killed me, buddy. I told you. No, no the look. The worm. Uh, it was a werewolf game, and the worm creatures were loading up. You know, bad environmental and wormy stuff onto a train, and the train tracks crossed the set the bond. And mm. I said. You need to stop that because one day they're going to roll up in here with a train and wreck it on your bond. And then you're going to be, you know, like, man, I wish we had, you know, moved those train tracks. And the Sept Alpha said that would never happen. And so I said, sure, it won't. And then I, I showed him, look, you need to move those tracks. (laughs) I'm just saying I won the Uh, argument. I lost a rank, but I won the argument. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. All right, we've kissed my butt long enough. <laughs> anyway, let's uh let's wow. let's go to game rap. All right, welcome to Game Rap. You know, I've got a real takeaway from this episode. Don't roleplay with us. Are you going to (laughs) share? We have a ton of stories. That's what I've took away. Uh, We've been doing this too long is what I've taken. No kidding. Anyway, um, so yeah, good job. So you you can, uh, if you're listening to this show, we really appreciate you doing so. You can go become a patron at patreon.com slash podcast. Of course, you can visit our website at uh, honorrollpodcast.com and you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and uh, of course, you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and anywhere else that you listen to your garbage. Or us. Or us. Or you can us. listen to us. But the one thing we would love to do is have you, uh, you know, share us. 
tell your friends. Take uh, take the link to the episode if you found it and uh, share it on your Facebook page and let everybody know because uh, it would be really cool to have more than four listeners. We've got like five. Yeah, oh. I work with three of them. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> what my goal is to have Jason as a listener. Oh, well, yeah. it's not, that's uh, not. Well, we have to do some better episodes. <laughs> this one was okay. Yeah. It was okay. You, you know what? This episode does remind me that. Um, so, uh, something I've talked about before is that I got crazy burnout after helping run UT games for a while. Right. And I know that we all did. And I had no interest in even playing LARP. And I went for a while to support some friends' games and stuff, but I've just been over it for the last, I don't know, three, four years. And I started seeing a bunch of... So apparently, Grandmaster Raid 2016 would have been four years ago, like this weekend. Mm-hmm. Basically, at least that's what Facebook keeps selling us with memories and stuff. And I remember how fun it was to run that game and how much I enjoyed it and how great that weekend and how, like defining to my current friend group on Facebook and in gaming that weekend was in particular. And uh, I miss it. I'd I'd love to do it again one day. You know what I miss? I always think about why losing when we were in the Guru Nation in the TGN org. Like that was such a good. Yeah. So I wish I'd gotten to go to more of those, but even the one I went to while there was so many moments that I felt were missed opportunities there was also so much character interaction that just blew me away yeah uh, and it was in some of the stuff there was character defining I, I really i really enjoyed it yeah i enjoyed it so much i'm gonna give you one xp jason thank you you're welcome all right let's roll on the magic item chart oh nice you get a face mask plus two versus covid Oh, good. That's yeah. better than plus one I have now. That so. is useful. I mean, that, that feels... Uh, that a little skitty, which isn't my style, but I'll take it. Right. <laughs> All right. And Carrie? Yeah? You get one experience point. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. All right. Let's roll on the magic item chart to see what you get. I'm going to get COVID. <laughs> <laughs> it's funnier than what I was going to say. Oh, You get you get <laughs> you get COVID. No, no. Oh, see y'all next week. <laughs> All right. Well, <sighs> join us next week when we're joined by Ashley Rayburn to talk about collecting robots. Until next time, uh, I'm I'm Ryan the curmudgeon. Carrie's the legend. Jason's the favorite. And remember, the only way to win a role playing game is to have fun. I pressed the button and nothing happened. Is that the stop button or have you not been recording this whole time? I'm sad. The only way to win is to have fun with my friends. I'm on the road again. Tabletop, lock, motion, everything in between. The only way I win is to have fun with my friends. I'm on the road again. Tabletop, lock, motion, everything in between.